Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park. Thrilling, unpredictable, and potentially stomach-churning. What works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind. Our hosts and guests, they're awesome, knowledgeable, full of insights, but we're not financial advisors. So don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter. Always consult with a professional or do your own research. Plus, let's face it, we like to have fun, laugh, enjoy the trading ride together. It's all in the name of good podcasting fun. So remember, take it easy, don't bet the farm, and keep your seatbelts on at all times. Thank you for listening. Yes, okay, we're going. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the China Shop, home of the Band of Traders podcast, aka the Steamboat Willie Show. I'm your host, Kyle. Tonight, we've got Vanta Trading co-founders, Mr. Banks and Baba Yaga. Shout out to Purdue, who's hopefully enjoying date night and not plowing snow right now. <laughs> On tonight's show, we'll be discussing trading out of a hole, followed by the differences between trading during bearish and bullish markets. After that, we'll look at our past week in the good, the bad, and the ugly segment for wrapping up some new bold predictions. Before we recap the most recent predictions, let's get some self-promotion stuff out of the way. So on Monday, I'll be recording with Retail Capital again for Thursday's release. Uh, you follow us on Twitter at FinancialNept1. You can join the Discord if you want to get updated with episodes drop, or you can even listen in live on these Friday recordings. And shameless website plug, uh, go to bandoftraderspodcast.com where you can browse the guest directory and check out all the great deals and discounts we've collected. Uh, Banks, Baba, you guys got anything new to share? Banks, talk. Say, <laughs> say good stuff. Yeah, we are, uh, we're finalizing um, kind of the step two of our town hall from last month. Um, going to put more of a course type of feel out there of, you know, kind of step-by-step how we kind of look at the market, you know, some different aspects that we kind of look at um, just on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, on our side, it's just, you know, developing and kind of, you know, growing our, uh, our content. Um, so that's, that's kind of the main, main push forward in, in, you know, 2024. I love that. Uh, and Baba, your trade review that you did, uh, was that yesterday, man, that thing was awesome. I hope you, you do some more of those. I actually just finished recording another one, oddly enough with a microphone muted the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man, dude, hundred percent. So, um, I've got to redo that after we're finished here tonight, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to be more disciplined in that because I think it's helpful. Um, I think it's helpful for folks. And so, yeah. Also, yeah, I want to point out too that uh, trading in the shop, uh, Baba and Banks join us every other Friday. So this today was uh, their day to join us uh, in the free side. And man, I think you guys crushed it today. It was it was pretty awesome trading with you today. Well, thanks. I uh, I felt like um, well, I mean it's Friday, so I left a lot on the table, but that's pretty normal for a Friday, right? But I was really happy just smack smack and being done, dude. Yep, that's always the dream on a Friday, isn't it? Dude, I think it was before 10 a.m., so yeah, that, that is the dream. Right. Uh, we'll make sure we have all those links in the episode description, so you can check them out if you want to support the show and the panelists. But uh, for now, let's. Uh, does anybody remember their predictions from the last time we made them? I, I think it's getting a little convoluted now. They were all bad. <laughs> mine was horrible, bro. I think mine was like, the market will trade lower than Monday's or the low of this week will trade below that before we trade higher than this week or something like that, whatever week it was. And that obviously didn't happen. We just went straight it, up. I remember, I don't remember which week it was, but I know it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, no. I think that was what it happened. Yeah. It was straight up. Yeah. Uh, I know I wanted, uh, 
NQ all time highs, but I pulled my prediction up a week and ended up being a week early. Uh, Purdue, though, I think nailed his. He had ES at 4,700 before end of year. I think I was a day short on mine. You were. It was my. You were good up until Friday, wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't your kid would do a full week of school? Yep. And uh, when I when I <laughs> left for work, everything was good. And when she woke oh, up, uh, she had pink eye. <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> dude! What the heck, she man? Never ends. <laughs> I don't know, man. She hasn't she hasn't been to a full week of school till before Thanksgiving. I don't think. Which whose nasty kid gave your kid pink eye? That's what I want to know. That's probably my other daughter. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep that out. <laughs> well, you keep it. It's all right. Okay, so uh, basically, if I'm understanding this right, the only person who got their prediction right isn't here with us, right? Yes. I believe that you are correct. All right. Uh, yeah, then fuck this segment. Let's move on and do the topic. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, so uh, to, um, what was that? I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday, there was a, a post by one of the members in the Discord kind of sharing like uh, a bit of a struggle that he had where he traded out of a hole ended up green, but then continued pressing it and then ended up, uh, I think, taking a, a bigger loss than he'd expected. This is something that kind of resonated with me because that was sort of the experience I was having on Wednesday where it started out really terrible. I clawed my way back to break even, probably taking a bunch of trades I shouldn't have been taking. But I was at least able to recognize that I was lucky to get to where I was and I stopped at that point. Probably would have been better off. I would have stopped uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, after the third wrong trade rather than taking like three or four more after that point. Uh, but I'm curious how you guys kind of approach that, because, you know, there's a fine line between fighting for an entry that you believe in and stubbornly clinging to an idea that's not working. Boy, isn't that line fine? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Banks, you 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 should talk about that at least first, I think. Yeah, Um. So I, uh, like going back in the past, um, I, I was always really good at digging out of a hole. Um, mm -hmm. but there, there is a fine line of when to dig out and when not to. Um, and, and I think a lot of the times, like, it, like if you're, if you're in a trade and you're seeing it and it's just, you know, there, there's those days where you're just going to have bad days. Um, and it's a matter of just, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that you're just wrong on those days. And then there's a matter of like, you know, you get into a trade well positioned and, you know, you might take a stop or two, but your idea is right. Um, mm -hmm. And there, there's a there's a fine line between that. But, I, you know, like in the past, I was always pretty good about digging out of holes and getting to that point of break even or even maybe even a little bit up. But that is not like like ideally that is not the way you should be trading. Um, and I would say. You know, you can get lucky um, like every now and then and hit one of those trades and get back to break even. But I would say the vast majority of time when you try to dig, it typically doesn't mm -hmm. work. Um, I would say most of the times you probably take a max loss or whatever on the day. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you could kind of view this the other way, too, uh, which would be a good second question is, you know, when you're up on the day and, and, mm -hmm. and you go to push and you push and you give it all back plus some. See, I don't have that problem because I have a hard time pressing when I have green. As soon as I've had a green trade that I'm like so fearful of giving it back that I'm just afraid to put risk on anymore at that point. I would say that you are in the few, <laughs> you know, because because the because the idea of like, well, it's kind of house money a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think a lot of people fall into that trap and, you know, you could go through any any kind of wall or discord or, you know, whatever on Twitter and you see that daily. You see people that will go up, you know, seven, eight hundred bucks, and then all of a sudden be at a max loss day, trying to grind for a certain P and L or something along those lines. But you know, no, it it is a very fine line, and it's a very hard thing to do. Um, you know, my like my tip would be, and this is just something that like I realized with you know working with Bob and kind of working with the group here is like a small red day is a good thing, because like in my past my red days were always large red days. You know, it was either like yeah. I would have a, a, I would have like, you know, consecutive green days and then a max loss day. Uh, and, and, and along the lines in those all green days were a couple of days where I had to dig and got it back to break even or a couple hundred bucks up or something along those lines, which, you know, that'll, that'll be fine 
but when you have a max loss day that gets compounded in there, mm-hmm. it takes a week to get back, you know, what you would lose on that max loss day or whatever it is. And I just think, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very tough thing to do. I mean, it's, it's all mental uh, when it comes to it, but you know, my, my tip would be to just know or to write down what you feel in the moment. Um, and I think that's, that's a big thing. The, the feeling aspect of it, because when you're looking at this and you're looking at candles, looking at the charts, you can tell when you get tilted, you can tell when you get like, you know, certain feelings along those lines. But unless you recognize and write that down or just memorize it, when those feelings come up, that'll never change if you don't recognize it. God, I I really want to talk about my bad because this is kind of like (laughs) right on the money with what you're saying right here. The the trades that I that I did on Thursday, like the first three that I took were were not great. I was jumping in early and the one that ended up hitting to win that ended up making my my day and probably my week, I'd say. Like if that trade hadn't gone my way, I would have been right back where I was Wednesday, probably trying to fight and dig another hole out. And that's what I wrote in my notes. Like I this yeah. trade worked out, but I was close to having another breakdown. Yeah, and that's and that's it's such a it's such a thin line on those on those type of days. Mm-hmm. Um because because typically like if if you're trying to like I would say most of those days are not where we're just range bound. I would say most of the days that that occurs is when you're kind of a uh, like directional based. Mm, and I would right. say most in most of those days, you're trying to fade the move that's currently in play. Mm. Um, and, and and that's the thing. You're you, you're going to be wrong until you're right. Right. Yeah, because exactly. eventually it's eventually it's going to turn yep. and it's going to work. Uh, but it's a matter of like, you know, when you're early on those days and you're early and take a couple stops, I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's not, there's not enough capital in, you know, I would say in most people's trading accounts to, you know, survive that type of day. Yep. And, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is those directional days when you miss the initial move, it's very hard to walk away thinking, well, we just went, you know, 50 points on ES we got to turn around soon. Well, we don't really have to. Yeah. I mean, we could go another 50. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and it's just a matter of, and, and I think the feeling aspect of trading um, gets overplayed quite a bit. Um, How do you mean? I would, well, let me rephrase it. I would say not overplayed, overlooked is mm. a better way of putting okay. it. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, the, the feeling piece of not recognizing like, like what you're feeling in the moment can be very detrimental because like, like in trading that I'm in now, like a win or a loss, I don't really feel anything different to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. But when I start to feel a certain way, I know that the day is going to be bad. And those are the days that I just walk away. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like, you know, you, you get bottom ticked on something that works, you know, you, you know, you have a, you know, a trade that's profitable that comes back and hits you out at break even without your take profit getting hit. It's, it's just those things that you you get tilted so easily in the market when stuff doesn't go your way um, to where it's it's very easy to be like, well, I'm going to get right, you know, right back in this trade, which most of the time does not work. You know, that that area that you were in initially was a, a good area typically. And if it didn't go, then there's a reason why. Right, right. That's such a good point too. like the building the awareness, I think, of what things set you off. Like the only way you're going to ever start to recognize the symptoms before like it turns into something dangerous is if you spend the time recognizing it when it does happen. So, yeah, absolutely. It's almost like you can do a rich reframe, right? Like when you have one of these types of days, like where you you struggle or when you you don't do what you're supposed to do or when you give us some stuff back, like to take it the time to actually like analyze what happened there so that way you could try to prevent it next time or do better at stopping it next time sooner yes yep absolutely baba what do you think i mean yeah i agree with you know the bulk of what what banks has said for sure i think keeping up with how you feel not just on on bad days or tough days but just even when you're overly excited or like exuberant Mm -hmm. you know what makes you feel like a boss you know like Um, and, and just being aware that those, any of those extremes are probably where you're vulnerable to doing something that you would look back on later 
in a, a moment of clarity and be like, what, mm-hmm. what was I doing there? Like, why would I take that trade? And that was a question I had for you is whatever the last trade was of the other day that you were talking about, looking back at that trade, like say today or later that day mm-hmm. or the next day, like if that trade is a trade that you would still take, like you look at it and go, yeah, that's, that's a setup in the area. Everything about that, it checks my boxes. You know, that was the then, best trade I think I took that whole day. I think the ones before yeah. that I was trying to bottom pick a little bit. Yeah. So if that, if I would say two, a couple things, um, what I think used to happen to banks actually was, and we haven't talked much about this, but this is my assumption. I don't take him for a, a flippant trade entry person, mm-hmm. you know, between the two of us. I'm going to be more likely to give more shots during a day than him probably. And what's hilarious is he used to be a freaking scalper extraordinaire, uh, like taking a million trades every day. Right. So I'm, I'm probably going to be a little more aggressive on entries and, and he's probably going to be a little more patient, but with regard to taking entries or, or whatever, like that trade, whatever was there before that, you know, you're chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit. And I think this used to happen to banks. Then you kind of realize like, oh, man, I've kind of made a mess here. Like, it's time to focus in and capitalize on the next great opportunity because I'm firing a bunch of shots that aren't yielding anything. And I think then you then you focus up sometimes and, are, and you take the next great setup because of the the obvious and apparent damage that you've done. And so then you take a couple of great trades because you're so focused, like you're, hmm. you, you're, you're, you're honed in. It's got your attention, you know? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm flat on the day. I'll oh, give it a shot here. Oh, give it a shot there. Oh, give it a shot there. Well, I, you just lost a hundred points. All right. Hold Time on everybody. Down. Slow down. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta make a hundred points here. We're not losing hundreds of points. We're making hundreds of points. I think bank. I think that happened would be a thing that I would say. Like it's almost like you change it to another gear. The trick is sometimes you you don't find that gear. You run out of mental capital. Decision fatigue sets in. You can't kind of lock in and make it happen. And and that's those days that get out of hand. And so what I think Banks has done a great job at is just respecting the damage that you can create and being extremely selective of where he's even going to throw his chips in the table on. Mm -hmm. And so for you, for you in that scenario, I think you, you do a fantastic job of identifying opportunities like today, although it might be frustrating to look back on at what was left on the table, that those spots, like I said on Twitter, I mean, those are and were the kind of spots you want to be doing business. So Take nothing but positives away from that because oh, you were yeah. locked in today. Yeah, I'd, your trigger. You might not have been trigger pulling, but you were locked in on ex- on the exact right spot. So, I think that's where that's where the respect for the market and the mess that you can make is just it's something not to be afraid of, but it's something to keep at the forefront because we're we're stepping into the battlefield literally, almost um, not literally, but you know it is a very competitive environment. And we got to be ready to execute, but we've got to be very focused and pointed. You can't be all offense. You got to be defensive. Yeah. Too. Like pointed in those plate. Like we were very at, at attention and pointed up on those places that matter. And, you know, I think that's, I mean, I think that's key. Like if I look back uh, at days where I haven't performed as well, one stands out uh, among above all the rest. It was a Friday. It was a Friday that I was maybe back from vacation early. Um, wasn't planning to even trade. Kind of wasn't even thinking about the fact that it was a Friday. You remember this day? Oh, yeah, I do. You, I think you we had to remind to, you I, it was a Friday. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm over here just playing, like, you know, slinging lots around, whatever. I'd had a, a unexpected banger trade the day before. I felt way ahead, like, just emotionally. I was like, I'm so far ahead of the game this week. I wasn't even going to trade. And I killed it yesterday on a great setup. And, yeah, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there taking trades, a little, little profit, take a break, even stop, take a stop, take a stop, get a phone call. I'm over here with the phone up to one ear, muted, 
you guys could still see everything happening on the screen. And I'm just like still steady trading, talking on the phone. Yeah. And and I think like Purdue even like said something in chat or something like what the freak like or maybe later like what are you doing? <laughs> it's funny how we can just like drift off and and uh, in a couple moments and be like what what am I you know? And even that still happened. I mean that happened to me like I don't know it was like a month ago or something. Yeah, at first of December. It's kind of so, helpful though having somebody that can point those things out to you in those moments because yeah sometimes they do you just slip into an old habit or an old mindset yeah. or mentality and it can happen without even noticing yeah actually mike ross sent me a text during that time there at that day and was like and and that's someone that i i mean he was trading some before but like we spent a lot of time i've spent a lot of time with him helping you know i feel like contributing to his journey and helping him advance you know progress mm-hmm. and make progress and uh <laughs> he like sent me a message almost like what's going on you know and i was like <laughs> I don't know what's going on. What am I doing? Right. It's a Friday. What am I doing? So, uh, yeah, that's, I would say though, like we can, we will focus up sometimes and that's what those fight back days, you know, look back at them and go, man, I was down this much. And then I got back to break even. That's so awesome. But really focusing on like looking back at those trades in a, in a cool headed moment, you would have probably only taken the one or two good trades of the day anyways, Yep. in retrospect. So it's, it's how to kind of focus up on that, on that side of things, I think is, is kind of key. And, you know, to be completely honest, like Friday, I'm not even upset about missing the three trades that I missed today. Uh, I approach today with the mindset of I'm not going to let what happened Wednesday happen today. And so I was just going to be I wasn't going to take anything unless all the stars aligned. And that didn't happen. And I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, I I just don't. I just love um, I just love finishing Fridays early. And Friday's being stress free, and I debated this morning trading po- that post news after the eight thirty news. Mm-hmm. Um, we we I mean it, the way that that set up was just so clean down there that I had I, I was sitting here watching. I had the opportunity. I knew it was a Friday, blah blah blah. But like it was a really good spot, and it was really it really set up well. And I I I shortchanged even that trade because I could have held that entry whatever it was a good entry i could have held it all day um so but it's again i was looking at that even like a friday like oh let me just grab you know let me just grab the most reasonable chunk of points out of this area i can in alignment with my process but as conservative as i can be without like being a straight up just trading my PL. so I, I i think that that kind of set today up to be um you know, fairly laid back for me, which is nice. Like I love an easy Friday, man. Yep. Yep. I just love, I love an easy Friday. Uh, you any other thoughts on trading out of holes or any other words of wisdom before we move on to the next one here? Um, one thing that comes to mind is just uh, goals and like where you're going with this as a trader, whoever you may be, you, us, um, a listener that, um, those moments where you really unwind, you know, on a day. Um, and then you think, okay, I'm going to get all this back because you know how long it's going to take to get back under normal circumstances. So you get, if, if you don't go into lock up mode and like get real focused and do something great, you go into like desperation mode where you throw on more size and bad spots and you just try to wish something into existence. And the thing I would say is like it, Again, writing down the emotions you feel is key. And like, there's some real specific triggers for me. I'm so aware of like when I, I'll, and I've mentioned them many times as we are, you know, been trading together. I, I know like what they are. I have them written down over here and I know what they feel like at the very early stages. And I just dodge them at all costs. So I think that's a key part. And we've belabored that point and both of us have. But the other piece is the goals that you have. If you're trading a um, a cash account, say a smaller balance, and you you know you know you've only got a little bit left before you have to you know save some more to do do another run or whatever, whatever the goals you have that are set out in front of you, when you go into one of those type of days, try to dig out of a hole, get reckless, make a huge mess. Um, the thought is, well, if I just press it, I can get it all back. The reality is, percentage-wise, most likely what you're going to do is you're going to take those goals and where whatever distance you are away from them, you're just pushing that a week or two or three weeks down the line. And that's yep. been a motivating um, thought for me 
is just um, the things that I have, the goals that I have, and the things that I'm trying to achieve and 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 want and realizing and trying to continue to realize um, that weakness of almost it's almost like forfeiting it for the for that day, which then forfeits them out another week or another month. Um, if you're trying to fund a small cash account and you blow it all to smash, you have to work some overtime or work extra job or whatever Uber eats to save up money and then make another run. You push that goal way out. Just take the, take the L when you realize you're out of control or when you realize you've, you don't have it that day and you make a few bad trades and you're like, man, what am I doing? Cut it off. And then when you gather yourself, go back and review, like, were those entries qualified? Did I have precedent for being able to take that entry? If that's true, then that day just wasn't your day. If that's not true, then you were trading in an emotional, reckless kind of way. Um, I just think that's so important, like not shoving those goals further down the road because of your recklessness, which I think ultimately is kind of, it's a little bit of laziness, Um, not journaling those things, not keeping up with it, not learning from those things. You know, I just think it's super important. The last thing I'll say about that, and then I'll shut up talking about it, is if you see on um, on the World Wide Web, I, I saw a video today on Twitter, and we'll leave everyone anonymous, and I'm not calling anyone out, or I, and I don't want any drama, and I'm not calling any names or anything like that, and I think everyone can do what they want. It's a free country, but it, but if you see someone slinging like 40 lots or more, 30 lots or more of NQ, and then kind of like bragging about what they were able to scalp with that or take with that. Um, just know that like of the successful traders I know and for whatever it's worth for me saying it, like that's not how most of those guys do it. And I don't think that there's a long-term success in that unless you're, unless you have tested that and you have the pockets to make that happen or you have the money to fund you know, the resets, if those, you know, if you're trading a funded account or a, or a prop account or whatever, like if you're going to go all in like that and swing for the fences, just know that like, if you're trying to game the system, that's fine. But like, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not the, it's not the most prudent goal to have to be able to trade like that. It doesn't sound very sustainable. Yeah, I don't think it is. And I think that doesn't really help the, um, the developing trader when they see, when they see things like that. So don't let those kind of things creep in on those days that are tough and think, well, I can actually take 15 contracts in this account, or I can actually take 30 contracts in this account. And if I just get five points on 30, that'll clean up this whole mess. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to clean it up. You're going to blow that thing to smash. I'd say too, that whenever you do actually manage to dig out of those holes, that also pushes you back from your goals because you're reinforcing bad behaviors. Copy that. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. All right, let's let's move on to the next one here. This is something that, uh, Baba, I think you mentioned it on voice at the start of the week. At some point, you had cautioned us that uh, bearish runs, the pullbacks that happen during like a bearish week or a bearish stretch can be a lot more, what was the phrase you used? I think you said they could be a lot more, they could run a lot deeper than anybody would reasonably expect. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'd kind of like to get your thoughts more on that. Like how do the mechanics change when like we're talking about the difference between a bearish stretch and a bullish stretch? I, oh, I think it's true for both, both stretches um, to some extent, mm. but I think I think people get uh, roped into the short side trade 
and put on exposure in places that rotation wise are not reasonable. And then that gets exposed. So we traded the long side of the market yesterday and today, and the market closed down yesterday and flat today. Mm -hmm. Now we're trading the morning sessions. So we trade what we have. Um, and the upside moves were, were great. They were relatively easy to get positioned for. We had structural and contextual reasons to do the, take the trades we had all of that. So I think I said it almost every day that we just need to be mindful of where we are in the rotation that generally without a catalytic event, the, the market, even in corrective phases, doesn't just plummet. It, it takes, it almost takes a catalyst for that to happen. Mm -hmm. The natural flow of, of most of, of the flows that come into the market are generally speaking, um, positive flows. If you think about a retirement account, that is a massive amount of what's being put into the market on a regular basis. All of those are long side trades. I don't know uh, many you know retirement accounts of people saying, yeah, I'm selling another 500 NQ today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, my company matches 3%. We're, we're selling short. You know, I've got, you know, 6% of my annual revenue. I keep selling it. Like yeah, I don't think people are can. people. People, no, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, pop by it. There's, you know, there's just, I think about it like the market, generally speaking, is like a beach ball and it takes some effort for it to go down. It typically will kind of stay afloat and then occasionally or often will kind of pop out of the water. Um, and so it, it, it almost takes, and whether you love it or not, like it almost takes some effort for those things to really continue lower. Mm -hmm. You can look at um, options positions play a role in that. Zero DTE stuff plays a role in that. Um, the flows from hedging play a role in that. But every but all of that to say that like there are days where it's just bearish flows and you roll with it and you, you have all the signs there and it's a short day and that's fine. Like we take shorts. A lot of shorts have been taken over the last year. A lot of longs been taken over the last year, last month. I mean, whatever. But to me, the dangerous trade is oftentimes the the close proximity short. What do you mean by that? So, like four hour rotations right now are roughly two hundred points in the NQ. Okay, so from a uh, from a swing high that I would qualify that matters to a swing low that I would qualify that matters over a given number of days. That rotation from a swing high to a swing low is about 200 points-ish, mm -hmm. okay? So if we're down from the, the prior recent believable swing high, more than 250 points, I just don't think that's where I want to go wide open into a short off the open. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like in the in the town hall we did a while back where we talked to – it's been a while now where we talked about areas that – have potential versus areas where we know what's going to happen. I don't know that the market's not going to go down 250 more points before a swing high is created. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's potential for it to attempt to find a high before continuing the next leg of, you know, 200 points down. And so typically I'm looking at the overnight rotation, where we are, all of that kind of stuff. But even on a bigger level, like I just don't like looking at a balance chart, TPO chart, daily chart, four hour chart and seeing us being at the heart of swing lows and thinking like, yeah, this is where I'm going to pile in. <laughs> I mean, we're short term traders. So if you're looking at the next six hours, which is kind of our window, really like three hours, like we're looking to capitalize on the activity the next hour and a half to two hours. Sure, there's definitely short opportunities. I just don't like to see. Um, folks just get blown out, shorting every swing high, uh, and I think that's what we get. We get like lulled into with that. With that, I uh, was looking back at the video we did today, talking through. Um, I actually recorded way more today than I thought, and so that the, just the way we created the low, like just the doldrum, like you know, muted push up, grindy, 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 down, 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 down. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, those trades all worked until they didn't today when everyone just got, you know, not everyone, but yesterday and today, you know, right. big rips to the upside. 
so yeah, that, that, that's really it. Like I've been burned more trying to short those kind of moves in years past. And I'm just, maybe I got burned, you know, enough times that I was like, man, freak this. Like Stop putting my hand on the stove. Yeah. Like I'll take shorts. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You guys have traded with me long enough. Like I've traded the downside. That's fine. But I'm going to need, um, I'm going to be more cautious to do that when I feel like we're on the bottom end of rotations. And that was really the point of my thing, looking at the daily charts, looking at four hour charts, like, and let's know that when this springs, don't be the first one to try to short it. Like, let's let them lose something that matters after failing to gain something that matters. And then we can look for that downside rotation. But oftentimes we don't want to be patient for that. We want to be, I want to short it from the very tippy top. You know, oh, our be, emotions kick in. We start to feel like we're, if we don't get it now, we're never going to get it or the opportunity is yeah. going to be gone. And that's just not the case. But I think- no, didn't we say, well, I was going to ask you, didn't we also say, we talked about this before and we, we, we talked about that idea of let's let someone else prove it to us mm-hmm. and then let's just join in with that. Like, I, let's not be the guy at the very top or the very bottom if we can help it. Let's let the guy, let's let them lose or gain something and then let's join in on that. I was actually reflecting on that today and I was thinking about a pattern that's starting to show up that becomes more and more apparent to me the more I spend time in front of the screens. And that's the the big red delta sell off after a strong up move that doesn't take anything and that doesn't continue on the next candle. And like yeah. before, like when I would see like, that, oh, sellers are stepping in. Like when I first started on my journey, I was like, oh, now's the time to join them. And then you get your head ripped off because it rips up and reverses on you. But sometimes they'd work yeah. out because sometimes they do continue. And then yeah. as I was thinking about some of the opportunities we're looking at today and yesterday and seeing those patterns again, and now I'm starting to salivate at the idea that this guy's getting over, you know, in front of his skis a little bit and looks like he might be ready to, to fall over. But that's still the wrong attitude because either of those possibilities are are going to happen or could still happen. I, it mm-hmm. hasn't been proven yet until you see the move start to move one way or the other. And the much better trade, rather than trying to guess whether this guy is, you know, he really does have the biggest salami in the room that he slapped <laughs> on the table, which is basically what he's doing. He's saying, here I am, but can you beat me? <laughs> Rather than yeah. waiting to see well, if somebody is, steps yeah. in and, and, and puts him in his place, why not just wait until that's resolved and then you can decide what to do with it. Yeah. And then, and then laying, I, I think we talked about this today, but uh, just a, just a strategic piece while we're on this is like, when you see that aggressive sell come through and you see this, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's a bunch of, a bunch of negative delta just da da da, you know, and it's a very sharp, aggressive move. Um, I, Banks talks about this all the time. Like, what did they accomplish mm-hmm. there? And that's really the question. It's not how far did we go. It's not how violent was it so much as it's what was accomplished. And so if you notice today and yesterday, and not to like toot my own horn or whatever, like we had certain spots where we were like, okay, if we're back in this area, if, if even if we fall below, like if we get back up in this area, then then I can bid from here. Mm-hmm. Or like yesterday when we broke below like a spot I wanted to bid from based on everything I had, I was I was like, well, let's go ahead and let them not just get above this, let's get let's get here, and then we'll use that as our next springboard higher. Um, so, and, and like trusting your work enough to lean into that is something, again, like trying to narrow that gap between the work that we do and the performance that we're able to procure in a, on a daily basis or realize that's, that's something I've really been focused on. I was like, okay, if this area really matters to me, um, even if it's 30 points up from where, you know, the open is or whatever, like if this area really matters and there is something going on here, then it's fine for me to bid that. And I'm going to lean into the work when it says that that's the case. And that's, Really what the last two days, uh, part of what has been fun for me about that is just really leading into the process of saying, hey, if we're back above whatever it was today, like in that 62 to 72 spot, like I'm okay to be on the bid there. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they knife through it really hard. And then what do we do? We recovered right back to it. You know, it's like, all right, well, we'll get back on the bid. Like I'm cool with that. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, just don't get it's it's like an advertisement is the the way I think of it. It's like, hey, everybody, check this out. And everyone's like, nah, I'm not interested. Right. When we see that, like, flashy ad, we just dropped 15 points or 20 points. 
that's a flashy ad. Is there any meat in that bone? And then right back, you know, or the same thing. Like we see that to the upside as well. I don't want to just dog on short sellers. Like we see that to the upside, like really strong move up. And then it's like a big ad, like everybody look at this. We're going streaking. And then, yeah. yeah, And then, you know, here come campus police (laughs) and everybody's gone. And you're standing out there like, here I am guys. (laughs) You know, Vice picking you up in the car in the middle of the street. Yeah, someone come save me. So, uh, before we move too far past this, Banks, I kind of want to get your thoughts on um, kind of what you're talking about, Baba, with the uh, the average rotations. Because kind of like the more I think about it, with like liquidity and like the way you see the markets, that kind of makes sense. Then that it's going to be a lot harder for the markets to move much further than what those averages are, because now you're counting on everyone to be holding their positions who initiated it. Like those bounces come when those guys collect their profits, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, some, I mean, sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I would say the market to me, the way that I look at it, we tend to go from liquidity to liquidity. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, taking swing highs, taking swing lows, you know, so that the point that Baba made of, you know, what, have, you know, what did we accomplish or, you know, something along those lines is such a key thing. in, in the way that I look at it, because, a move could go 200 points, mm-hmm. but if you don't take anything, they didn't gain anything on that move. So in essence, if you fail going into that swing high, and you see this quite a bit where you have equal highs or double tops or whatever you want to call it, where we don't accomplish anything, and it's not just sellers, not buyers, it's it's on both sides. I mean, it's just, right. it's a failure. It's a failure on both sides to take what the ultimate goal was. Mm-hmm. And, and without- and you go from- yeah. Do no, you go, go from go, you go from goal to goal, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think that's a a real light bulb moment. Um. In you you talk about this a lot. Like okay, today we took the Asia high on the way up. We took the Euro high on the way up, and then we got to that eighty to ninety area, which we talked talked about that spot being super key. Um. Because that's where that like effective double top was from the euro high of night before last and then yesterday's morning am session high they came within like a few points of each other between uh, like 83 and 85 on nq and so then today okay we cleared we cleared asia highs we cleared euro highs we cleaned up some 30 minute swing highs and other stuff but once we got up there what 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 was what was special about that it was the next place that mattered like to the work that we do that was where nothing we've done yet all day at this point matters. The next thing is swinging through that. And if buyers lose there, then we're rotating back to, uh, you know, a micro session accumulation midpoint, or we're, or we're gunning for liquidity, either internal or external from the session micro session that we're in or the quarter that we're in or whatever. It's like, you only win so long. Hey, we won here. We won here. We won here. Well, there's another place up here. We is just as important to win. As soon as we lose, I say we, like as soon as the market loses steam, the liquidity pull isn't as strong, then like, okay, that's it. It's time to go refuel. Yep. Yep. No, I, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. It's like a one hour, four hour swing high or something along those lines. You know, I think a lot more people look at those type of things. Like we, like we look and, 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 you know, we break it down. I mean, you can look at the town hall and stuff, but like we break it down into smaller segments into, you know, our, our six hour session, you know, Asia, Euro, the AM, PM. And, and those just mean way more to me, um, which, which in essence, like a lot of those end up being hourly or four hour swing highs. Mm-hmm. and. And that's one thing that I've you know noticed throughout trading is like I would I would watch those hourly swing highs. Well, you know why do some matter more than others? Right. And and I think that's where it you know finally clicked where it's like well, you know that like this on the ultimate goal of what needs to be taken is just step one, and it's just a matter of like you know laying out that plan to where if they take this, yeah, it's an accomplishment, but it's not. It's not like a change of anything, you know, per se. Like if you take a five minute swing high, yeah, like it could be important, but most likely it's not. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at the grand scheme of things. 
But when you start taking like session highs, when you start taking like daily highs and stuff along those lines, it just means it means a lot more because you're accomplishing something from the side that you're either a buyer or a seller. So when you start taking like these external, you know, liquidity spots, it just means so much more in the sense of what liquidity is actually trying to target. Also what liquidity is available too, right? Like if you're yeah, talking about yeah, the difference yeah, between a daily and hourly and a five minute yeah. level, like you have a lot more traders with eyes on the daily level. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about um, that internal and external language. And I think that's huge. Like um, understanding taking liquidity inside of a, of a, in, inside of a range. So like an internal swing high, that's just, that's just grabbing liquidity. Um, that's just eating up orders, whatever. Um, when you really start to accomplish something that make you lean up in your chair is when you're taking that something external, you're taking a swing that is the, the high or low of one of those, you know, think of it six hours of market activity, you know, one fourth of the available trading range for that time, plus or minus, you just swept everyone out of that. Like mm -hmm. that matters, especially if you don't just sweep it, but if you take it and digest it and then continue, it communicates the idea that the work is not done, at least to that point. Hmm. Um, and so I just, yeah, if, if, I think, you know, I, we've gotten off on a lot of strategy tonight, which is really fun for me, but like understanding the swing highs that matter and the ones that don't is huge. Well, uh, in case there's anybody listening who doesn't uh, understand the difference between the internal and external uh, references that you guys made there, can one of you just kind of explain that a little bit briefly, the idea? <laughs> yeah, banks. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be a little bit you know, subjective on the way that you look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way that I would classify it, at least the way I look at it, is when you look at the leg of a move. So like today, the leg of the up move today, we made a new swing low. We started to target highs. So basically the swing lows that were put in along that move to me are internal swing lows. So yes, they're important. Um, but when we come back and, and, you know, take, you know, a spot that's along that move to me, that's more of a internal liquidity grab. So it's not necessarily like a change of structure or a change of trend or anything along those lines. You know, because a lot of the times we do pull back and we do go make a new high. Um, it didn't happen today, uh, but but in essence, there there's a lot of times where we come back and you know after that leg is over, we come back and test something below us and we get a rebid in that area. Um, and a lot of those times we're we're taking a internal swing low uh, where a lot of stops would be, and then we go and attack the high again. So it doesn't have anything to do with the sessions necessarily, like uh, internals or things that are all within the session that you're currently in versus things that happen in other sessions externally. So I would say that liquidity probably is more important on the leg of the move and not necessarily the session. Okay. Um, I do think, I do think session liquidity is important, but I think when, when you're looking at liquidity, it's, it's based on the move, or at least the way I'm talking. So like the most recent swing low to the swing high that we're trying to take. Mm -hmm. So like if you're on it, if you're on a bigger picture, you know, if, if, if you're looking from where we're at currently, you know, from the high to where we're at any, any swing high along the way, like on a four hour daily, you know, that's all internal until we take that high, mm -hmm. you know, in essence. No so way. it, and, and, and that's where I said, it's a little bit subjective because it, it depends what time frame you're looking at. I was just about to say the time frame that you're trading on and doing your planning on and executing on all carry, would carry with them um, internal and external levels. So a five-minute swing high off of a five-minute move that brings you to a new low, that is a, a form of liquidity. What I think uh, kind of to, to melt the two together, it's going to be incredibly rare that the swing high of a move – is not also so like go to a four hour chart. The swing high of this four hour move down really is that 887.25, We've now attempted to take that swing high twice. We got to 83.75 and we got to 77.25. Just so happens all three of those levels are now session, six hour session swing highs as well. Mm -hmm. Does that, so a lot of times those super key spots, they're going to be both. 
Gotcha. They're going to be set. They're going to be session liquidity, and they're going to be external or, or liquidity from a leg, especially on a larger time frame. So yeah, and and there's a lot more about that in the town hall thing too. If people want to grab that and watch it, it's out. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I'll make sure I link that again. Yeah. All right. Um, well, come hang out with us. You know, <laughs> come hang out with us in our room. That's fine too. It's yeah. free. Free trial, DM these two guys. Weeks. I'll explain it to you. They love yeah. talking about this stuff. Or yeah, or just send us a message. You don't have to join the room. All right, we should move on to the good, bad, and ugly. I didn't realize the timer was delayed here. I thought we were only thirty oh. minutes into this. We're actually almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, big, big session, big session. We had a lot to catch up on, man. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. All right, so let us talk about the goods, the bads, and the uglies of the week. Who wants to kick us off? Uh, I'll try to be real short and get out of the way. Um, good or bad from the week. Um, I took a couple stops on Tuesday and traded a little bit in the afternoon. Uh, took a, like Tuesday and Wednesday were kind of meh. They weren't great or whatever. So that's, uh, the, the bad, um, the, uh, the, the ugly was today. It was just the market was ugly. I could have held uh, one trade that I was in before the market all day, or at least to that swing high. I could have also held my second entry, which we stayed above through the next news at 10 a.m. Um, we stayed above the key level. We might would have been three tick, three points maybe below that entry. Could have held that. So that's a little ugly because you look at the unrealized on that. But I'm giving myself a break because it was Friday and – the goal was trade, you know, get done. Right? Also, we talked about that trading around the news. Like, you, nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being yeah. protective because I yeah. mean, we've all seen what happens when some of those things get wild. <laughs> yeah, Captain Slippage comes out, and then you're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yep. the good from the week was I really do think that I I I it's not often that I see progress um, that I'm like, man, I. That is really good. Um, I don't know. Like uh, there has been progress over the last however long. I'm just saying it's not as there was a point where it seemed like every week there was this, you know, especially maybe a year, two years ago, like two years ago. It was like just conquering the world every week is what my learning and my execution felt like. Then like this week was really fun because I had the, the goal of truly leaning in. And that's my goal for like this whole year is just to con- just really press in and narrow the gap between the work and the, the prep work that we do and the execution that I'm able to um, do in a moment leaning into that work. And especially the back half of this week, uh, I, I could like truly say it was like, uh, it was like a plus for me, like uh, for closing that gap. It just felt great. I mean, on on whatever day Thursday to close a trade at <laughs> close a trade at like seventy nine mm-hmm. you know f- five seventy nine I closed along and and flat for the day and the high of the day I mean that's not always going to be the case but that was in accordance to the work that we did that yep. was the plan that's where we want to trade to and then we'll let them do what they want with that with that swing high and play play all the games they want so that's just that's my good for the week because I I f- it feels great to be like. I have this goal. I've talked about this with you guys on air, off air. I've written about it in my own journals about trading and, you know, to just see that at least come somewhat to fruition a little bit. Super feels, encouraging. Feels good. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. Uh, real quick, just the, the, you said bads, you took a couple stops. Were they not good trades or were they just the stops in general? Cause I don't think taking a stop is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think, I don't think they were bad weren't bad trades i think they were uh coming back from uh the holidays and kind of like the layoff that uh from christmas or whatever Mm -hmm. um i just think i was just a little lethargic in my like just in the whole in the whole thing like it just took a couple days to like get back up to speed and uh pick up on the things that you know oh there's a, a micro session accumulation uh midpoint right there like that's that's a key marker for me like just being like fully aware of like right everything as it's coming to life when the market's opening. Um, I just think I wasn't as sharp on some of that as, okay. uh, and, and like we saw it and actually that's a thing. Like we banks called it out in the room and, and uh, drew attention to um, the, sh- the short side opportunity, I think on uh, at least the first day, if I'm not mistaken. And 
he's like, I mean, man, being below that, like, that's not a good look. Da, da, da. Right. Like, so that, that was just like, but I didn't move on that. And that's part of our work. So that was the bad. It was just kind of, it's just sloppy. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I'll go ahead and, uh, uh, since we kind of already talked about my, my bad, uh, my good, I think, was my Tuesday. I felt really good about the way I came back to the week from the long extended layoff. And if you remember, I think I took an extra week off um, between yeah. Christmas and New Year's because I just didn't want to deal with it. But I was patient. I waited for my opportunities, and I really did feel like I was trading without emotions. Like that was the the mind, the master trader's mindset that Rich talks about. Like I felt like I was pretty close to it, if not in it. Uh, the bad, as I'd mentioned, was that Thursday's trading or at least the start of it. Um, I'm still really pleased with how I managed the last trade of that day. I mean, how can you not be happy when you have a, you know, your runner gets you 98 points on NQ or Dude, MNQ. Let's go. MNQ, sorry, I should say. Uh, but then the ugly, as I kind of alluded to, was my Wednesday overall. Like, I let myself get tilted. I overtraded. I took a large drawdown to, st- you know, to start the day, like a really large drawdown. And that's kind of the struggle that I've been, dealing with you say i'm on the wrong end of the spectrum where i don't play with the house money but the problem is the flip side of that is when you take outsized losses compared to like very mediocre winning days the math does not add up and so that's something that i have to continue working on and trying to to you know figure out a way to to work with those emotions and still be able to take trades even when i've got a little bit of green and I think that was actually something I did on Tuesday, which I was also proud of. I had one little trade that kind of, you know, got me a little bit, but rather than sitting on my hands and being afraid to put anything else on, I put another trade on and captured another small win. So the trade, the day itself wasn't great, but the execution I thought was great. I think that's legit, man. Banks, what about you, man? Do you have any goods or bads this week? Yeah. Um, I was, I was trying to think of this before we were, you know, you know, hopping on. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really have like, I didn't have like a great week. I didn't have a bad week, but you know, I was, I was up like, I don't know, but you know, decent amount on the week, but it's like, I had four, I guess three days that I traded. Uh, today I actually took off, which I think is probably a good and a bad. Um, I lost my wallet. Did you completely um, lose it or did you find it? No, I ended up finding it and it was like go it was at like an hour and a half, 2 hours into, you know, into the trading day. And uh and I ended up deciding uh which was hard to not trade. Um, I think that was the right decision. No, I I think it's 100% and then that that's what I think the bad was losing the wallet, the good was uh was deciding not to trade and not to put anything out there and I talked to Bob about it. I mean, I was contemplating going short at the highs, but, uh, you know, and, and in hindsight, it would have definitely worked out, but, um, I just, it just, I don't know. I just didn't have a good feeling after that whole debacle this morning, which was a shame because that setup was perfect. <laughs> but you know, like if you don't trust yourself, like you get to the point oh, where you don't trust your decision making process, like that's like, I'm getting a lot better. I think at least at recognizing that like, I could do a lot better at that, but I've, yeah. I'm recognizing it now before, you know, the thing says no more trades allowed or order failed. <laughs> yeah, and, it was, and it was kind of weird this week. I mean, I, I didn't, I had probably, I probably took five trades all week. Um, and it was just, you know, I had, and it was a couple hundred bucks on each trade and it was nothing crazy on a week, but it was very like relaxed, which, which, which was kind of the game plan going into the new year just to not be, I mean, I didn't want to come into the new year swinging. Um, cause obviously we got 240 something days left of trading this year. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a very laid back week. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't really have a good day. I didn't, but I didn't have a bad day. So knock on wood, I, I guess I didn't have a bad per se. Hey, nobody kind of, says you have yeah. to have a good, bad or ugly. It's just the chance to talk about them if you want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, should we move on then? Do some bold uh, Should we do some bold predictions and wrap this thing up? I guess. Who wants to lead us off then? I'll lead us off. Okay. What do you got for us? 
My bold prediction is that I got can I do two? One's kind of funny and one's one is the actual. All right, Banks. Uh sorry, what was your your actual? Okay, so my yeah, my actual is uh because I'm her biggest fan and I want her to do the best. Uh my daughter is in competitive gymnastics. She's uh level I, I should know this. Level one this year. And uh my bold prediction is that she gets first place at her meet this weekend. Whoa. Let's go. All right. Yeah. All right. Can we root for her? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there a live stream of this event? We could tune in. Uh, she's, she's six. So no. Just, okay. Just FaceTime <laughs> me. Hold the phone up. So what's the funny um, prediction then? <laughs> so, so my funny prediction is that, uh, the old Baba Yaga actually remembers a, a news event this week. Oh, <laughs> Did I wore that I wore that on Twitter. I wore that in the room. I apologize to Kyle directly for that. I There's no apology not, needed for me. I was not going to take that trade one way or the other, I don't think. Uh, again, Mike Ross sends me a message. He's like, "Uh, or no, he unmuted. He's like, "Uh, when when did you say that right. news was?" I don't see anything here. And I'm like, "Of course, he's so smart anyways." I'm like, "Man, Mike Ross is the rescue again." Um, yes, it's not till not, not till 10, not nine 45. I, I don't know. man. Hey, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. You know, I can, I felt really good about the reads on that day. I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Baba, what's your prediction? All right. Bold prediction, man. This was a huge, I kind of hope I'm, I really hope I'm right, but it's also super bold. Uh, so, so, uh, my son, uh, enjoy Well, my, my, I enjoy as well. Um, the, uh, hunting whitetail deer hunting Mm, um and tomorrow is the last day of the season it's it's actually a youth only day Mm -hmm. so i'm taking him uh tomorrow especially hopefully the weather holds off and we have a really good little little spot that we are going to go to and my bold prediction is that he kills his very first deer tomorrow so this is his it's his second season of actually going out a few times. Now he doesn't get to go super often with school and, you know, life and all that. But um we went a How few times he? last year. He's ten. Okay. Dang. Yeah. So yeah. I so I will his, be that'll be his first. It's gonna be a buck or a doe. Um, it's gonna be anything that is brown with four legs <laughs> that is in the white tail category. <laughs> he has permission to take bambi if he wants like uh the property we're hunting is um it's private family land so like um it's it's you know it's all everything's in whatever he whatever he wants to shoot gotcha so. i like it i like it probably oh, <laughs> banks is gonna be flying over there this weekend to paint some white on squirrels <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm gonna tell you what dude ever seen. you know, guys but... <laughs> yeah y'all y'all you'll get some pictures if it happens he is gonna be thrilled. Right, i really hope uh it works out man all right my prediction i am gonna say that the next successful prediction that comes true on our show is going to happen on a week that the winner is not available to record with us. Well, um, oh. Kyle, I won't oh. be here next week. So, <laughs> did you I, know I was that thinking before about the this. show? I did not no. tell him before the show. So, I no. oh my gosh, it's spooky in here tonight. <laughs> I'm just wondering if I can actually win that. I For hope you sure. Do. No, I, I mean, mean, if his can daughter I actually, wins, what, whose prediction comes true first? I guess is the question, right? Well, well, we're both going to find his would out come this weekend, true. So. Yeah, his would come true. His his would come true, and then you wouldn't be here next week for some emergency, and it'll be me and like Purdue and Joel by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I make it and my prediction comes true, can I still win? Somebody else's has to come true first. So as long as I guess one of your guys's comes true and you miss it, then I can then I can take it. Well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for today's episode. I got to say thank you, Baba Banks, for joining me this fine evening. Everybody listening who stuck around to the bitter end. Uh, make sure you show our panelists some love. Check out their links in the show notes. Remember to check out the new combined Discord where you can trade with us during Friday end period. You can listen in live to these recordings. You can discuss strategy and backtesting with the best community I've ever been a part of. 
We will be back soon with another exciting episode. Hopefully as cool as a date night in the igloo, but tell Oh. He'll have to record that outro. He's also <laughs> going to be really pissed that that just happened. <laughs> Is he even going to join back? Your, your son's going to shoot a fox tomorrow or something. Dude, he'll, I mean, he will literally, he'll shoot anything. Uh, coyote, uh, a fox, because uh, my dad's farm is right there at the property. And yeah. um, like the foxes, uh, they kill the chickens and the guineas and anything, really, any small little of those kind of animals. So my dad was like, I don't care what he kills. Let him shoot anything that moves. <laughs> so, I mean, minus the farm animals. So... This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute financial or investment advice and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop Productions.